Welcome everyone to today's Confit Call-In. This is Lack of Lepers. It is a dreary day out here. Hope your day is going okay. I want to thank everyone who's here. Jane Bond, Harmony, thank you all for joining. Today we were going to start off picking up where we were last stream. However, something is hot off the press. Very hot. Scalding. Steamy. And that is a new article to the Config Wiki. Shout out to Society for Containment Fiction participant and wiki author Salt Blossom. This is an article about esteemed SCP author Kalinin or Kalinin. I don't know. Cal. A name that strikes fear into newbies and veterans alike. We'll find out a little bit as to why that is the case. But as I said, this is hot off the press within the last Kalinin. Gotcha. Thank you. Linen. Hot off the press, this was written probably over the last few weeks by Salt Blossom, and we really appreciate this. This is a gem of an article, so instead of picking up right where we were, we can always talk about the recaps. As a default, I am particularly excited about this article. I felt like it was a good idea and a good time, a good moment to strike this iron while it is incandescent. So my thoughts were to go through this article. It's relatively brief, which is another skill of Salt Blossom. and just pick out some of the more interesting things. Now, if you don't know who Kalinin is, generally speaking, he was one of the more revered authors on the SCP Wiki. And not for any particular individual metric. Kalinin had a reputation for being a writer's writer. Authors who they would aspire to be like or who they take inspiration from. And that is no exception in my case. I particularly like uh, Kalinin's work. We'll take a look at some of it. But that sentiment is also shared by people all over the philosophical spectrum of um, the community, both SCP Wiki and beyond. So let's get into the article itself. I'm going to read a little bit of this. Clinton was a notable contributor to the SCP Wiki. He is most known for his blunt and long-form approach to critique, as well as his SCP-001 proposal entitled Past and Future. He is currently considered retired. 
And the first thing I'd like to look at is this 001. Here it is on my shared screen. And this is a very unique 001. They should be, almost all of them are, but this one, in my opinion, stands out particularly. This is for a couple of reasons. One, it was written over a span of time. I think a few of these installments were initially posted and later added to. That's, by the way, why there are different rating modules. If you select, let's just click on a random one here, the hub. Actually, that one's pretty similar. The hub and the individual articles will have different ratings. This stands at a modest 324 plus 324. That's not astronomical when it comes to 001 articles. And that's somewhat of my point. Kalinin was an individual whose influence cannot be captured in metrics, whose quality cannot be summarized in accolades. His influence was one of philosophy and posture, particularly to the standards of the SCP Wiki. As I see it, in my opinion, and certainly in others, Kalinin was one of the last few who almost single-handedly weight-lifted the standards of the site uh, well above the heads of most people. His pursuit for quality writing was peerless, and he made that known in his comments, particularly those of critique. So, we would expect this SCP-001, most of all perhaps, of his articles to be very, very well done. And in my opinion, it certainly passes the test. I'm clicking on the first link, uh, which has a, a lower rating than the hub and the rest of the, um, the rest of the installments. This one is entitled Harbinger. It's a tale that sets the tone of this SCP-001. And in my opinion, this tale, Harbinger, is one of the best examples of prose on the wiki. I believe this piece of literature is exceptional. I think there are a number of reasons why that is, and one of the ones that I want to point out is that it utilizes um, another individual's SCP from the wiki, but does so in a way that avoids the pitfalls that we commonly see when these things are done on the wiki these days. I guess I would loosely refer to this as coattail syndrome or artificial buoyancy or piggybacking, I guess, more casually. It's the trend that we see where individuals will incorporate and include very notable and culturally successful articles into their own and instead of use them as a garnish as is done in this tale, it really tries to pass as the main ingredients, which individuals have varying and differing opinions about, but in my opinion, it can get a little too excessive. 
In this tale, we see SCP-411, but the piece is not dependent upon the quality and the cultural notoriety of that SCP. In fact, I would say that SCP-411 is not a very culturally well-known article. It is one that Kalinin enjoyed and decided to incorporate almost in an attempt to elevate it into more of a spotlight. That's not to say its rating is anything meager at 431. And that's not to say that it isn't a well-known article and liked independently. But there's something about the idea of taking an article that isn't a bombastic cultural blockbuster and smash hit and find a way to make it better and at the same time avoid relying upon it or leaning into it too dependently. I would say this SCP-001 is perhaps the best example of a style of writing that we will see Kalinin bemoan is no longer the case, at least at SCP. And the reason I say that is because it's an excellent example of showing and not telling with the crux and thrust of the mystique of the genre lying in the fact that there are more interesting questions than there are answers. This SCP-001, let's just read the description, is a sapient entity or entities capable of initiating and exerting control over anomalous phenomena on the Earth and in all regions of space, observable thus far by modern scientific methods. That is an incredibly simple, yet incredibly gripping, incredibly wide-scale and far-reaching idea in a matter of 10-20 words. And it really typifies what can be done with very few ingredients. Another example of this I'll point to is the image of this SCP-001, which I believe uh, is used expertly. When you pair it with the understanding of what the anomaly is, this description, it gives you just a very thin contribution data-wise. It's essentially a picture of what looks to be the night sky, or a portion of the night sky. A few stars scattered here and there against a black backdrop. There is no discernible pattern in the stars. There's no image overlay. There's no layers that are slightly transparent. There's no highly edited um, images of whatever you want to put in a picture. Let's say, I don't know, a picture that no one should want to look at. You know what I'm talking about. And the caption of the image is really what sets this off. It says, context of image classified. And what this does for the reader is lead them on in a parsimony of data, a very thin tug, a subtle tug, nothing that's bombastic, nothing that was done in Photoshop. Not that anything done in Photoshop is automatically bad, but I think you get the idea of what I'm contrasting this to. 
I would say the two schools of thought that are surfaced by analyzing this SCP-001 can be encapsulated perhaps in an analogy. And I'm going to again use one of the culinary arts. You have one school of thought that is keen and intent, perhaps obsessive and neurotic, in their pursuit for so novel of an eating experience that it continuously pushes the boundaries of what should be edible, with more attention perhaps paid to the eyes instead of the tongue, or the stomach, or the nutrition of that meal. There's a school of thought where presentation optically is paramount. Kalinin is the opposite of this. He is an individual who will find the best ingredients, showcase those good ingredients, modify them minimally, and let them shine for themselves. There is an art form in doing that, and it's a matter of conducting. It's like a conductor of a symphony or a conductor of a classical piece of music where perhaps you didn't necessarily write everything. These ideas that he's using are not totally original, but they don't have to be because the particular configuration of them is what is original. And when done masterfully as it is done here, it's a perfect demonstration of synergy with the parts very, very much exceeding what they are individually. If you haven't read this SCP-001, I encourage you to do so. It is a very long SCP-001. It does have a lot of uh, disparate parts to it, but I do believe that it is well worth your while. And I think, again, the rating module fails this particular article. It is well above what it should, uh, it is well above what we see here. And in my opinion, should be more highly regarded than, than uh, others. But enough about the 001. This article covers the reaction to it pretty well. The reaction, I'm quoting from the article here, the reaction was mixed with praise given regarding the quality of individual components and criticism lobbied at the format and the ending. Of course, I'm not going to spoil that for you. Clinton officially declared retirement in 2017, though would continue to write and contribute to the wiki up until about 2020. I came to the wiki in about 2018. I was only there for about a year and a half. I never interacted with Clinton. The data that we have on him from quotes left, I'm, I'll say it this way. We don't have a cult of personality here in the Society for Containment Fiction. We're generally pretty aware of where that goes and the pitfalls involved in that. However, I think that Kalinin would fit right in here. Maybe he would hang out in our newest channel off topic called Negative Nancy's that was made to quarantine perhaps more negative critique away from other channels that may be a bummer. But that some of us, like myself, uh, are particularly interested in. 
I think I found a new home. And dare I say, it may be a place that Glennon would himself go to. If we look at his style of critique, which is given its its own section here on the wiki article, Glennon was reputable for blunt and long-form style of critique and was considered one of the most difficult authors to please on the SCP wiki. He also contributed to the criticism standards of the wiki through his discussions and the Metacritic 1 and 2 articles, which were uh, somewhat essays written on the topic. When asked about what made him passionate about the quality of work on the SCP wiki, Kalinin wrote, Two reasons. The first is that I seek to better myself as a writer, and I figured by helping to maintain an environment where weak writing and bullshit was not allowed to pass, I would help purge myself of those things. It kind of worked, I suppose. The second is that writing is changing. The novel is not going to last, in my opinion, as the be-all, end-all of written expression that it currently occupies. I think the potential of a writing collective operating in a similar manner to how the SCP Foundation does could very well be the future of the art form. I saw a lot of potential in the community structure to the point that the subject material is almost incidental. I tried, in my time, to push everyone else around me because I felt the potential for true, lasting art lurked around here. Hello, popping in now. I am home and I agree with what you have just said. Uh, it makes me think of something that I've said for a long time that what containment fiction does is, is it's the full synthesization of how uh, online communities like fan fiction has made content on the internet you know you bring a bunch of volunteers together to collaboratively work together on a shared topic but to make it around something original and then have an original format to boot now you now, now you really have something there now you're cooking you know on this topic harmony let's go in to something that is often asked of individuals um you know on podcasts but in general as well i would be interested in learning how it is that you first came across containment fiction which of course i assume would be uh, the SCP wiki, and how that angle of approach defined your time in containment fiction. I don't know if it was defining a lot of the ways, because I found it through a forum called Face Punch. That was the Gary's Mod forum. There's a lot of people talking about it there. It was kind of like the same tone as the early days of the Kiwi Farms SCP thread, which just people bullshitting around talking about their favorite articles and authors. Yeah, I, I do often wonder how that thread would have changed if Face Punch hadn't been taken down a little while before uh, things got more c- conflict-heavy in the SCP scene. Yeah, I've, I've never heard of that place before, but it sounds interesting. Gary's Mod, of course, is, a, uh, I think, a video game, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh... The same guy made it. It was his studio. It was Face Punch Studio. So this was like a form attached to it, but it was just a general form. It wasn't really about. There were there were boards for the game, but it wasn't about the game. It was just for community. You know, like a forum. Yeah. The reason I ask is because I really am interested in what Clinton said here. In his opinion, this seems, perhaps, to some individuals, you know, certainly those who maybe be interacting with the wiki very casually, or who regard the wiki as a platform to further their social media fingerprint alone. And that is the idea that the implications, the cultural, the historical, the artistic implications of what the SCP wiki 
is or was, and certainly what containment fiction still is, independent of the context of the SCP Wiki, that it's an incredibly important thing, that it has the potential to, if not upend certain trajectories of tradition or artistic expression through literature, I think the point that he's getting out is that this format, and exactly what you said, Harmony, when you join these two things together, you have something that has a real potential to be a store of value, something that really can contain ha, a tremendous amount of literary value and merit and extend that through decades. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, it's you, you, you take the flavor of people collaborating for work on stuff and you take the flavor of original ideas and original, you know, manuscripts and passion projects like what Kellen and did. You, you really have, you know, two, two great flavors coming together to make something peanut butter and chocolatey. <laughs> and I think this is part of why he really goes into this a little bit. This is part of why he was so, what's the word, intense. The, the reason why he was so intent on being, one could say, hypercritical. Pointing out things that other people gloss over. Because I think he felt as though this genre, this medium, had an incredible potential. And some of that potential, I think, certainly towards the end of his time, he felt was being wasted. So let's actually go down and look at some of these various quotes here. These are um, some things that, that have just been gathered really over the course of the Society for Containment Fiction Discord. And I want to read a few of these because I believe that they speak directly to modern-day containment fiction up unto and until the most recent events of even yesterday. And this first quote here, it actually is found in the discussion for SCP-3999. And just a little bit of context as to where Kalinin was uh, philosophically at this time, around the time of the 3000 contest, he felt as though there was some amount of bloat when it comes to how many articles were incoming. And to uh, paraphrase him, here's a, here's a quote that really explains it very well. He says, I'm not going to say that increased interest and participation in the wiki is a bad thing, because it is not. For me personally, however, I feel like there's a ton more content flowing into the site to the point that I have no ability or even desire to keep up with it all. That wouldn't be an issue for me if it wasn't paired with a sort of, well, that's good enough feeling I get permeating some of the newer stuff that I've read. It feels to me like somewhere along the line in the past couple of years, the formula of how to write an article just good enough and to avoid deletion and then survive long enough to accrue steady upvotes was established and refined. Series 4 has filled up in a blazing fast fashion, and now we are close to 4,000 main list articles. Just by sheer volume, it seems to me that the product could use some pairing for quality. What would he say now, you think? I think he's been very wise and decided and realized that there's nothing you can say. If I was to continue his point, I think that this, this quote where it says... There is this formula for how to write an article and just get it skating by. 
past the standards that people like Kalinin and others as well tried to maintain at the site for a very long time. And I would say that that formula of lowest common denominator composition actually found a niche and has budded and blossomed in the past years after he's made this quote to the point where that same philosophy of approaching writing found that it could magnetize a lot more eyes than something that was let's say a little more refined does that make sense i would say so yeah that's a pretty good summary of the of the affair that they find themselves in yeah i don't think he'd be very happy with things at all and that leads me to tying this into current events and that's one of the reasons why i was so taken with this article by salt blossom because it has so much commentary right now it was very prophetic honestly looking back at it and so let me read this quote and then we'll dive into some of the instances where this butts shoulders with things in the current day this quote was actually found as i said before in the comment section of scp3999 and it says your original assertions that you can't call someone's piece nonsense because they worked hard on it and that a piece somehow being for quote-unquote healing purposes makes it immune to being described as such those don't stand up to scrutiny at all you don't get to be immune to criticism because you put a certain amount of arbitrarily defined work into it you don't get a pass because somehow your piece was therapeutic to you personally by those measures, I could spend two years bashing out the word walrus into a word processor and claim that it helped cure my depression and expect unanimous praise for something with absolutely no artistic merit whatsoever. He goes on to say that... But now he, you type, I am the walrus, then you've got something. <laughs> or SS walrus. Look at that. Wow. Moto's, Moto's first, uh, first name on 4chan. So, ah, yeah, it's all, it's all walruses. It's all I'm telling walruses. you, it's a yeah. theme here. So, Clinton goes on to say that he doesn't necessarily think that's what's happening with SCP-3999, but that that idea where there's somehow this odd, totally without merit literary concern uh, that says, because I write something and I like it and I put a lot of time into it, you shouldn't be able to disagree because it's offensive or whatever reason that there is. I'm going to pull up an article here. And this, of course, isn't definitive. This, of course, is a long process that occurred over a lot of years for a number of reasons. But we can still use particular moments and particular numbers of articles as a road sign. And to me... This is one of those moments. This is SCP-6500, which has too much commentary around it, really, for us to be comprehensive here. But I did want to get into the comments and highlight just how normative this attitude is today, this attitude that Kalinin was sort of decrying. This article has a comment that's left by an individual here on the screen and this individual does not have a lot of great things to say about this 
we don't have to go into the details. I would encourage you to read this. However, the authors of the article, which I think is most akin to a supergroup musically coming together, and that these are all talented writers, notable writers, who decided to conglomerate for the purposes of the 6,000 contest, obviously in an attempt to win. And you can have your own thoughts on whether or not that's fair play or not. But what I wanted to really point out is that in several of these responses, they all tend to be a little bit... I think the fact that they all respond very quickly uh, to this one individual says a lot. I think it's quite telling. I think that you only react that way when someone has struck a nerve. That is to say, they are somewhat accurate when it comes to uh, at least their understanding of how things are gathered here. And a few of these comments we see espouse this philosophy of how dare you. We worked a lot on this. Uh, this individual here says, and I quote, what we wrote is entirely coherent and was workshopped to be so with an intense outpouring of effort over the entire writing period. We shot ourselves in the foot to do something once in a lifetime epic. Another author in a similar response, your statement demeans every single person who decided to commit their time to this very large project, both the writers and the readers. If you think we made this story this long in an effort to get more votes, you're incomparably out of touch with how this wiki works. Well, I don't necessarily think that uh, that statement is incomparably out of touch with how the wiki works. I think it's quite an accurate description of how the wiki works. But aside from that, we see this attitude that Clinton was trying to fight against, but in my opinion, unfortunately, has apparently made its way very deep-seated into the core of the culture. But the reaction to this, without going into too much detail, um, and I didn't prepare any citations for this on the screen, so take it with a grain of salt if you'd like, but these comments and this conflict resulted in essentially the staff sanctioning and approving of a rule whereby you can't, you can't downvote something for thinking that it shouldn't be the winner of the contest, which is a little odd because that's an inc incredibly accurate general statement for any reason, every reason, that anyone would not vote for an article, especially in a contest. But the point that I'm making is that the staff seemed to side with these individuals in the approach of catering to their emotions, um, maybe not specifically because they worked so hard on this, but it still was a official capitulation to something akin to this mentality that Clinton was, in retrospect, almost warning about a few years back. And we can see this in other examples as well. Up on screen, I have... Go ahead. Attitude of, of every article being able to be the first thing that someone could read and had not need any additional context for that has completely been abandoned. I think that ties into a lot of what we're talking about here. Yeah, it seems as almost though there's uh, an, an increased expectation of readers to indulge the authors by merit of that author's own wishes. Does that make sense? Yeah, you have to. If you if you want to get the full experience, you've got to meet them where they are. The author isn't expected to meet the reader where they are. I think more generally this may be defined uh, categorically as an increase in lore. 
you know, the wiki's SCP wiki's relationship with lore has been a complicated one on the most universal level of not really having a canon, but then of course on more local levels of sort of flirting with that rule. You have subcanons, and now you have wiki walk, um, and then you have a lot of individual author lores that require that are really buttressed by pre-existing pieces. And I think, Harmony, you know that better than anybody because that was part of the argument leveled against your articles. Yes, it was. You, you as the author, uh, other people whose stuff relies on your stuff, which I wasn't even asking for it to be deleted in a way that would do that, so the argument was senseless to begin with. But, yeah, it's just it, it's caring about your works more than... Caring about the work more than the person behind it and caring about how other people have manipulated it versus, you know, the original author and their original work and the time and labor that they went into making that. And in a strangely perverted way, that actually is inverted once you get to the individual uh, examples of current day authors in their articles. They expect you to prioritize who is writing them more so than the material that is presented. I think this is very evident in the new trend to list people's... Um, authorship at the top of the page you know uh I'm, I'm not trying to say that i'm not for authors being recognized for their work but when you front the fact that you're the one writing it it steals a little bit of neutrality away from a process that is required to maintain the standards that kalinan represented also it's kind of making a whack first impression because you're like my article could have the first impression be something that's fictional, but I'm going to take you out of it for a sec. Just to remind you that I wrote this, so you know my name, and you think about me while you're while you're reading this. And that's really the attitude that I felt was coming forth in these SCP-6500 authors dogpiling what is essentially a valid critique. And we see this slow uh, equivocation of critique and offense or harassment or whatever you want to call it. And it's continuously pushing itself, and we have, I think, in a new generation of authors, more of a proclivity for those authors to feel entitled to a unanimously positive. Too. It devalues, if there's harassment going on, it devalues the yes. idea of someone harassing someone else being a terrible thing, and it devalues the, just devalues, it's just, it's just bad. It's a bad trend. It is, and it seems as though the crux is the prioritization of a good time had by all, which of course is something that everybody wants, but that's not what the writing side is about. That was Kalinin's point as well, is that this we should be abiding by certain standards. And in fact, the if we go and look at his meta, I actually haven't read these in detail. I think they would be great to get into. But I did read the first sentence of this first one, and I think this speaks to exactly what we're talking about. It says, Number one, the critic's duty. This is by Clinton. Uh, the article is uh, the tale. It's really an essay. Metacritic. One, the critic's duty. The SCP Foundation wiki is known among both members and the outside readership for ruthless quality control and unvarnished feedback. And I couldn't find one sentence that is more awkward in the current spiritual and emotional setting of SCP wiki. I want to thank... Jane Bond, and tell me how to pronounce that name. Lomach. Is that right? I want to thank you all for being here, and 
Jane Bond says, come to think of it, who can read SCP-6500 in the entire day? And Lomax says, nobody sane would. It's a novella. And that's actually a really great point that I want to bring back out because this gets back to the quote of Kalinin's that I already talked about right here on the screen, which said that the novel is not going to last, in my opinion, as the be-all, end-all of written expression that it currently occupies. This is incredibly large thinking. This is philosophy of containment fiction. The breadth of that thought extends centuries and finds the point at which we are at in that lineage right now. This is something that I never thought of before reading it, but I think he's right. The novel is a cultural export. It's a literary construct. It's a medium. It's a mode, and it will wax and wane. Its time will rise and fall, and what will be there to take its place? Could it be something like a collaborative fiction project? And so the shame of that is you have a bunch of authors... Um, mainly of the newer generation that epitomize a lot of the criticisms that Glennon was trying to articulate, who instead of taking that lineage and that direction and that potential and extending that and progressing that, they are instead bending it towards novels. They are bending it towards novellas. And you cheapen the format because you're really making it less unique. You're trying your hardest to have it be more like other forms of writing. Right, I'm, here, I'm hearing him. I just uh, found Kalanin's Reddit profile and I just sent him a link to the article. Oh, that'd be great. I certainly hope he replies. You know, I don't, I don't, um, I wouldn't dare to fantasize that Kalanin would join the Society for Containment Fiction, although, hey, don't sell yourself right. short. But I think that when it comes to him, uh, you know, if he would, if his eyes would pass over something that I've done or something that we're doing, and he wouldn't have anything critical to say, I would count that as a victory. I would count as a victory if he did have something critical to say. I want him to come at us. <laughs> it would be interesting to hear. I'm pretty sure he could, uh, he could land a few punches pretty, pretty uh, squarely. But to continue the discussion here, that sort of wraps in a lot of the threads that we've been talking about articles uh, becoming more interdependent, a culture of uh, individual authors and sort of a social media ship quality to the expectations. I think we get to this, which is a hub that has been a topic of some contention as of late. I've only read a couple of these, but I don't like how this hub is characterized. I think when you look at the episode headers, I think it when you look at the directed by this author, directed by that author, directed by this author, it feels like it's trying to be Netflix. It feels like it's trying to water itself down to the point of being more, I guess, corporate, or at least taking notes from a more mimetic or uh, reliably consumerist approach. I have not read SCP-6820, Jane Bond says. Yeah, I have not either. Uh, I've, I've read I've read this one mega meta meta agnostic, which is a great title. I just don't think the rest of the article lives up to it. And I've read some of Chaos Theory, but these are very long articles. Again, that also ties in another thread we've been talking about, where these tend to try. To, they, it's almost like they want to be Netflix episodes when they grow up. They want to make Will Wheat eat his heart out. Now, who is that? He wrote The Avengers, he wrote Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's known for crunchy, snappy dialogue type. <laughs> okay. 
What's the guy's name? Joss Whedon. Okay, I don't like that guy. <laughs> because I see that sort of chippy... You know, it's really early, without getting out of the uh, context of containment fiction too much, it's really sort of early Marvel humor, that sort of irreverent, um, highly irreverent towards the situation. It sort of throws that in as a, as a spice that sort of allows the audience to suspend the disbelief of being immersed in something and, you know, and pulls them out of it to laugh and then puts them right back in. I think that that has uh, certainly made its way into modern articles oh without a doubt and people like cactus are the spearhead tips the spear we're about to get to that for sure thank you for saying that this is one of the articles in this hub that is garish in my opinion but that's beside the point i do want to point out that they in very large heading letters here give you the option as we click on this to go to a much less involved uh version of the article some of which the pictures don't seem to be loading that, that oh, may be my hell? computer so much better. What the heck? yeah so basically what's happening here which i appreciate in some ways because i would r much rather look at this than the um i don't know what to call it but it's not good of the other of the other css theme but i think the option given to people that's a slap in the face to immersion as well why the hell are we given an option to view an article in two different stylistic choices, first of all. And second of all, it once again bespeaks to this new generation philosophy that I think tries to take that lowest common denominator philosophy that Clinton was articulating and give it an injection, a steroidal injection of corporate and mimetic marketing. So in other words, what this article is doing is saying, hey, look at this really spiffy CSS theme that you should be very impressed by. Because, by the way, we put a lot of work into it, you see. And if you don't like this, well, here, you can't complain. The article goes so fucking slowly. It looks yeah. like shit. Well, I was going to get to this in a second, but look at this. This is my screen. Now, this is an older uh, Firefox. I haven't updated this in a while, so that's something to keep in mind here. But... On the other hand, there is something to be said for the fact that if you happen to be on, you know, something that's maybe not totally up to date, this article didn't load at all. Nothing on this article loads, period. And this isn't really even that far, that outdated of a, of a Mozilla. That's ridiculous. That's a massive failure of web design. And it's also a massive failure of immersion. This is something that they talk, we talked about in Discord. In, the, in our private Discord conversations when they were, like, making ACS and doing their, starting this new wave of format stuff, Wood and Cactus, who are the two, I think, most responsible for getting it kicked off, because they were the ones who, you know, made ACS and made all this stuff. But one of the things that they talked about was we have to have it consistent. One of the things actually, they, no, now that I'm thinking about it, they actually got mad at Magnus for saying you have to, you can't just put stuff out there that's gonna break on some screens, you have to have it be you know, consistent across, a consistent user experience. It looks like that's also fallen to the wayside. There are so many angles of that. Um, just uh, user experience being considerate to it, like what it sounds like Dr. Magnus was sort of coming at. And I think that it's unfortunate and also telling right in place with what we're talking about that those sorts of concerns are laughed at or they are decided that they're just not good enough of arguments 
and there's too much to be gained, I suppose, in the in the in the way of upvotes. I would assume uh, by ignoring those those real criticisms from from wisdom, in my opinion. Yeah, see what you want about Magnus, but he knows how to design a web page. He's been doing it professionally for years. And I'm not saying that this looks terrible at, at times. I mean, for example, let's scroll down here. One thing about this hub that does do a very, very good job. I mean, the, the art in here is fantastic. But yeah, some of this art is just, just magnificent. It's great. And that's fine, but this is a writing site. And the art should play second fiddle to the writing, particularly when you're writing an article. You can have your art as a hub or as a page, of course. Nothing against that. But when you are mixing the two, I would hope, and I think, I think, I don't want to speak for Kalinin, but I think he would say that the text should carry the article and not the art or the optics. Yeah, and if you're gonna, if you're gonna make an article that's about art go whole hog like twenty five twenty one, where it's through the looking glass and it's all pictures, because then at least you're doing something a little more challenging, interesting, and different. Exactly, that's a very good point. Part of the reason why it's in just I think it's one of the most successful articles on the site besides uh, one seven three. Am I right? I think it's the second highest. It may have surpassed one three. I'm gonna look. Oof. But tying, tying back into the conversation here, on this uh, article that's part of this hub that wants to be Netflix, uh, in the comment section, we've observed this in past months. Uh, individuals like the one I have highlighted on the screen, uh, I'm going to say this one wrong too, Kenos Vogel, who has been commenting, it would seem, on a lot of these installments and giving, as you can see, a pretty lengthy, pretty dare I say, Kalinin-esque critiques. We should reach out to this guy. He seems like he knows what he's doing. He sure does, doesn't he? And if you read these, obviously they're quite long. I think that they make some very good points. And this is something else that we see. We, we already looked at it with the SCP-6500, and we see it again here. It's this expectation, this entitlement by the authors. Uh, for example, this is one of the authors of this piece, and this comment essentially boils down to hand-waving away the critiques. And it seems as though not only has the SCP gone in these uh, errant directions, but the idea of it being a platform whereby you can humbly receive criticism, whereby you can become a better author, has also left. It seems as though there are uh, authors, and some of them very prominent, who are somewhat of tastemakers in the culture communicating that they would rather the reception to their article be without blemish than have any sort of constructive criticism. For example, uh, this comment says, while I genuinely appreciate the effort exhibited in your lengthy criticism of this and previous articles, I fundamentally disagree with and am uninterested in the type of rhetoric used here. If you do not derive enjoyment from the reading of these articles, do not read them. Oh, brother. That's a death blow. That's a kill shot. That's the wiki acquiescing to the tug of war for standards and declining to engage in that tug of war. There's no argument given here. There's no counterpoint there's no genuine 
reception of what the critique actually tries to say? Nothing. It's essentially a hand wave, and the hand wave is done on the basis of, I don't want to hear criticism about my article. And we can see that again if we actually go back. Uh, go, go ahead, Harmony. I'm sending this guy a private message literally as we speak now. Yeah, he's gotten some of those, I believe. But if we go back again to this SCP-6500, which is only a few months really before this uh, instance that we're, that we're looking at, um, we see this author saying, I am so ideologically opposed to everything you've written that I can't help but take it as a personal attack. Something else that we're seeing is the collapse of the distinction between an article's content and the author behind it, which really set the foundation of Rule Zero, by the way. That was something, we don't have to go into the history of it, I know Harmony knows it well, where that sort of attitude was discouraged and the cleavage between the author and the work was further defined, further set, uh, further officialized. And we see authors here with the audacity to claim and try to collapse that distance to where if you criticize the piece, you are therefore criticizing the person. And therefore, it is a attack, a personal attack. What I would say this is, is a philosophical weakness. It's a feebleness. It's someone who does not want to engage in the combat of thought. It's someone who doesn't want to meet someone else toe-to-toe -to -toe on a field or in a rink or on a court and instead would rather disqualify the opportunity for competition on a technicality without ever touching the field. And this is a sort of it's sort of a civilizational diabetes that has occurred where individuals have gotten so accustomed to the levels of sugar that are being pumped along with the dopamine through the vasculature of this website and what, uh, in my opinion, a cancer has turned it into, that they no longer recognize the benefit of these things. They don't have the integrity, whether by philosophy, whether by literary composition, whether by the simple vocation or hobby of being an author. They don't feel the need to recognize any of these more pivotal and deeper and traditional points that sort of the wiki was based on. There, I think that there was a, there's been a breakdown of, of, of institutional memory, I think, that we're seeing with the massive influx of new writers and new information. It's kind of overwhelming the quantity of information able to be put out by the older cadres. Because I think a lot of, you know, human history and development in general comes from this, the speed at which we can transfer information. So... I think that these new folks are just frankly just putting out so much that the old guard both can't keep up and can't pass on those lessons. So we're seeing a lot of the same mistakes of the past coming back and returning in newer forms. There is a new uh, generation of authors that essentially found their philosophies in something like SCPD, where the purpose is supposed to be a sort of, I think, I think it was said in the chat uh, not too long ago, I think Harmony, I think you said it too, where you basically you know that somebody went to their click and said, booyah, look at this, look what I posted, you know. Oh yeah, the shit's just complete for showing off. Yeah, and I, I call that meme lording, so it's not, re I don't regard people like, people like Rounder House, don't mean to call him out personally, because he, he can do some really great things. SCP-6000 is a great piece, in my opinion. 
But yeah, as you said, DJ Cactus, Rounder House, these people sort of typify and are the spearhead for this sort of mentality that really invites Lowell Foundation back in. And I want to kind of bring that out with a few examples here. So just to continue what we're talking about, this sort of critique that we saw uh, Kenneth Vogel do here. Neo Law Foundation. Yeah, that's a perfect way to put it. Yeah, perfect. This sort of critique uh, left by this individual, Kenneth Vogel, for example, on this article, for example, was enough, which, by the way, if you place it into the context of just a few years prior on the SCP Wiki, would have been really normal. It would have been not really anything to shake a stick at. This comment and something like it started a tsunami instead of ripples even in the twitter sphere to where we get things like this i'm looking at uh, dj cactus's twitter where he says a lot of talk about criticism recently uh, a lot of people with strong opinions a few have asked where i stand yada 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 and then he kind of goes into what could be described as a uh, mental breakdown unless we were uh, ignorant of his uh, proclivity to meme lord again i think this is not a mental breakdown really but it certainly looks like one. I just didn't say he's shitposting. Let's look at yeah, that. Yeah, shitposting. That's garbage. Exactly. exactly, exactly. I mean, he's, he's not shitposting totally because he's trying to say something, but I think I think this is a sensitive spot for Cactus. We all know that he has a, a bit of a thin skin, I think, a thin epidermis. I don't think that's too controversial to say, certainly my opinion. But I think that that sort of approach, and this is why philosophy of containment is important, because when you have individuals such as Rounder House, such as G.A. Cactus, who are very clearly communicating these things, maybe not in words, to uh, you know just a, an enormous amount of people in their audience, it has the effect of steering the wiki in a direction um, that people like Kalinin would certainly disapprove of. But I do want to get into uh, one more thing that happened recently. This is really the current event that I think this ties into. And it was that if we look on 05, we see a non-disciplinary record for someone who is a notable figure in the space, Decibels. Previously a wiki administrator, long-time author, been on the site for a very long time, not sure exactly when, let's find out. Wiki.user since 2014. So what could this be about? Well, this is a, uh, let's just read this sentence. Also for the record, uh... Decibels is her name because Decibel was taken, but she wants she would rather us call her Decibel. So let's do that. That's a good point, and I, by the way, I think that it's a incredibly clever name. It is. It's very good. I guess for those who don't get the pun, it, you know, a decibel is a unit of sound measured in volume or amplitude of a sound wave. Decibel was recently the subject of a complaint submitted to DISC regarding several of their recent critiques, which included lines of excessive snark, which toe the line of breaking rule zero on the site. You can look at this on your own time. I would encourage you to do it. It actually is about SCP-5383, which was the SCP that I was trying to show you on this screen, but that does not load uh, because of the fanciness of it, I, I assume. But let it's me. Cool for us. We're not allowed to look at it. Yeah, it's so cool. I predict in 2022 somebody will write a great joke article about broken formatting. It's ripe. Ripe for the picking. 
Oh yeah, the teeth are about to fall off the tree. <laughs> so this critique that Decibel gives, it really reminded me of Kalinin. It It's not hyperbolic. It doesn't attack the author. And it makes valid points about why it is that this article doesn't work. It makes good points about why the article shouldn't. Uh, really, there's a mismatch between its its reception, which is to say its upvote content, and the quality of the writing, which I think is the crux of the issue that someone like Kalinin would like to try to pin down. That is to say, if we look at one of his comments, we see that he basically didn't want any bullshit on the site. He said that he was attempting to uphold the quality standards because he wanted to maintain an environment where weak writing and bullshit was not allowed to pass. And I would argue, certainly uh, in my opinion, that something like SCP-5383, and this is written by Rounder House, um, unfortunately is not only weak writing and not only is it allowed to pass, but it is championed and celebrated. And just to give you a closer idea of what I mean, uh, that I'm not just siding with Decibel because I, I like critique, which I do, or that I like bashing Rounder House, which I do, but because the points that she makes are logically sound, and not only are they sound, but they're muscular. They're incredibly forceful. For example, she makes the point in this critique that this anomaly in SCP-5383, which I'll read off screen on another browser because mine can't load it, it's actually a very clever, very, very creative anomaly. And let me read this to you. SCP-5383 is a specific configuration of cardinal and unpardonable sins that results in the user being completely wiped clean of culpability for all sinful acts. All religious and divine barriers placed upon the user for their sins are removed. And this line really sent, sent the... Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a really amazing anomaly. And then the next paragraph says, uh, The exact process through which SCP-5383 removes sins is unclear and, un and likely to remain unclear, yada, yada, yada. However, the prevailing theory from the Department of Tactical Theology is that the sins committed are so heinous and unforgivable that they were simply not meant to be performed by one individual. I think that this conceptually is brilliant. I think the way that it is worded is, is brilliant. That is such a creative uh, anomaly right there that you really don't have to do a whole lot to it to make it successful. I think, once again, that's a commentary on what the cultural expectations and tastes are at SCP. I think that that, that statement I made doesn't, isn't congruous with what is the reality. I think you would have to put a lot more. But in my opinion, that alone, with just a, a slight bit on the plate more, would be enough to shine. It's just, in my opinion, a very, very brilliant anomaly. However, we go down and we get to inevitably an interview log, and we see lines of dialogue in here that I think would would make people who were writing 90s sitcoms sort of curl their toes. Um, we have a uh, demon called uh, Blagaroth who says things like, I was hoping you wouldn't ask that question. Cliche much? Yeah, cliche much. So, I mean, for example, let me just read this for a second. I'm just going to read as much as I can stomach. Uh, we have an interviewer. Good evening, Mr. Blagaroth. And then Blagaroth says, 
Oh, this is just an ethnic name, you know. You can call me Blag. Right, what can we do for you? You can, you know, contain me. Do what you guys do normally. Just slap some handcuffs. You might need a second pair on me. And it goes on like that. Um, the Vatican? You know, the building in Rome. Lots of nice art, creepy old dudes in weird hats. I mean, you can almost hear the laugh track in the background. Beckoning. I really hate, I really hate what they're doing to this. They're butchering such a great idea. Yeah. And that was Decibel. Stupid. Yeah, that was Decibel's point. Decibel's point was not only was this, you know, this you've taken this in the worst possible direction, but I think I'm correct when I say she. I think Decibel is a she. Okay. She says that not only does this is this taken in the worst direction, which I absolutely agree with, this has been ruined by this point, um, but this isn't actually an anomaly because nothing in the description actually makes it so. And this is why immersion is so important, especially when you approach immersion from a philosophical perspective, particularly when you're trying the imaginative exercise of putting your first-person perspective in the mentality of someone who's in the foundation, which is supposed to be the whole epistemology of the project. You're supposed to put yourself in that position. And when you don't, you miss things like this. And what is missed here is that there's no possible way that anybody in the foundation would know that this is an anomaly. The article gives zero justification. In fact, the article says uh, this is unclear and is likely to remain unclear. And so what Decibel is saying is that epistemologically, there's zero way that the individuals in this, uh, involved in this anomaly would actually have understood it as such. You've assumed that they would have tagged it as an anomaly and ran with it without actually examining that assumption. That's a critique that I've seen leveled at a lot of articles over time. Like one of my personal bet noir is the LaBeouf viewer. That's uh, the thing that makes everything look like Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf? Shia LaBeouf? Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf? Running for the life of Shia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I, I hate that article so much because it's just uh, someone with a mental illness where they see everything as Shia LaBeouf. It doesn't actually... Like, they had to go ex post facto into the article and add a little tiny thing to make it seem, oh, it's actually an anomaly because they did something with the material that could, it, they added, like, there's a tacked on bit that makes it more tangible, but when it was first posted, when it was first being uploaded like crazy, and this was back in 2012, I think, the LaBeouf viewer was exactly what you were talking about, something that's not demonstrably anomalous, it's just yep. a nut job or an idea. Which, which leads me to the ultimate point here, which is that this article is not containment fiction. It's not. You know, you, to have containment fiction, obviously the containment is predicated upon the existence of an anomaly, and you don't have an anomaly here. There hasn't been enough care. It's like, it's like presenting you a dish that looks really great, that has some really great garnishes on the side. Oh, there's a nice spice in there. Ooh, the parsley sprinkled on top and cascading down the side. But the meat is raw. It's completely inedible. There's nothing here. There's not an anomaly here. This is not containment fiction. This is a nothing sandwich. Yes, exactly. But it's being sold as an actual sandwich, and 169 people plus, actually, if you uh, if you take into account the fact that some of these are offsetting. 169 people. This is funny because it was actually at 171 last night when I was first researching this. Uh miss that they don't care about that they don't care about that which means that something in 
the tastes, the things that steer the direction of the wiki, the content, has broken if they can't recognize that this actually isn't an anomaly. You know, that's that's really the woes, I think, and the reason why I wanted to make this cast about Kalinin is because I don't think anybody epitomizes uh, not only the presaging of these ill effects that we see now, but also no one else, I think, has better articulated exactly what was going wrong when it was starting to happen, or at least when it was starting to become very concerning. The canary in the coal mine. Exactly. And look at this. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on this a little more uh, as I scroll down. So not only is this not an anomaly, but uh, the last portion of this, which is in Rounder House's style, usually going to be there, an O5 Council debriefing about whatever it is that the anomaly is supposed to be about. You know, obviously, uh, in order to give it some, uh, some gravitas. And if we go down to it, we see that the O5 have been the ones who are trying to verify, as researchers probably should be, that this is actually an anomaly. And so we have this, um, this incredibly feckless conversation between the O5 council members who are sharing the horrors that they've done to try to enact this anomaly, which again, is not an anomaly. They haven't, by definition, by the end of the article, actually even understood it as such. And so we have a situationally, um, the O5 Council participating in research on an anomaly that is full of horrible things that you ha we would have to do in order for it to exist in the first place. And this is uh, this is acceptable writing. So I think that, doesn't that break the whole idea of the O5 Council? That there's these 13 people who are away from the anomaly, so they're not affected by them to make these decisions. Yes, yes, it is. But I think I think the point here is that you know Rounderhouse is not a dumb person. Rounderhouse Rounderhouse is a very intelligent person. In fact, I think that he is probably more shrewd of a brain uh, when placed into let's say a political context of O5. Um, than he than than most people. I think that really his equal uh, is probably someone like the deadly moose when it comes to these sorts of things. Although although the moose I think has uh, got a, obviously a few years on Rounder that that can be utilized. But Rounderhouse is not a dumb person. Uh, he understands these things, but he chooses stylistically and compositionally to make compromises with these foundational ideas, with these deep philosophical roots. Because he understands lol. Lol guys. Upvotes. Lol. We're going to have to write up something for the magazine about Neo Lol Foundation. That's, that's a story that we could really tell very well. I think you gave it a great name. Anyway, um, so that's that's been about an hour. We didn't get to the November recap finish. That's fine, because this is more interesting, in my opinion, for the moment, certainly. But... This is part of a greater conversation about what is happening to the SCP Wiki. Of course, uh, once again, just to plug ourselves, this is the point of the Society for Containment Fiction. It's also the point of something like the magazine. And it's also the point of something like the Wiki, where we catalog these things and hold them up into view so that at least they can be a topic of discussion. In the way that Clinton did, where we have these resources these quotes, these statements, these observations that we can look back on and put to work in the present day. Hopefully, not in just, by the way, again, an attempt to deconstruct, 
but to very clearly enunciate why it is that things are concerning and what we can potentially do about them. Well, I want to thank everybody for being here today. Uh, I really enjoyed doing this and certainly wouldn't be the same without anyone's uh, input. So thank you all for being here. We'll try to do this every Saturday, every Sunday, same time, same place. Same bat channel, same bat. You got it. No, same bat time, same bat channel. There it is. Thank you. Yeah, Jane Bond, thanks for being here. Um, Mock, thanks for being here. Harmony, thanks for being here. And anyone listening to this after we've posted it, feel free to either join the Discord. You can see the link on uh, several several spots on the magazine and also on the wiki as well, the Containment Fiction wiki. I think it's on both the homepages. There you go. And if you would like to participate without being a member of the Society for Containment Fiction Discord, you can call our number. This is a Skype number, and it is standing by and live whenever we are. That phone number is 316-444-3115, and we will take your call live. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.